this morning it would be to reach your heart to be able to get through that shield that people oftentimes put up when they come in contact with the word of God or the spirit of God I would love to get through to that inner being that real you that really knows the truth about who and where you are this morning. And I think that my experience, I feel like I'm pretty normal, so I feel like there must have been a lot of other people who thought like I did. My experience was so different from my two boys, Frankie and Brad. They came into life. We took them to church and Sunday school, to fees meetings, to camp meeting. All they have ever known was this church and this people. What a blessing. That wasn't my experience. Not at all. I was 14 years old. In 1954, when I first found the Lord. Amen. Brother Bernard and I were talking about it. Came to camp meeting in the first meeting I was ever asked to help run. They put me with Brother Bernard, and I will never forget him because he calmed my nerves and helped me so much. Um but I heard, uh, I heard, I'm going to take my time. I heard a little story that I want to relate to y'all because it resonated so much for me. It was said that an eagle egg was dropped into a chicken nest with other chicken eggs. And the old hen sat on the eggs and kept them warm till they hatched. And when they hatched out, the eagle egg hatched at the same time. And so he thought he was a chicken. And he scratched around in the dirt like all the rest of the chickens did. And one day, while he was scratching around, he looked up and 
he saw eagles fly. He said, you know, that looks nice. I wish I could do that. And the other chicken said, you can't do that. You're a chicken. And so he was scratching around one day, real close to a side of a cliff, and he fell off. And as he was falling, he did like this. And guess what? He learned he could fly. I want to tell you something this morning. There are people all over this land more prevalent than it's ever been before. Preachers in churches even who are saying, you can't live without sin. I went to a Raleigh feast meeting some years back. There was a lot of people there and there was a lot of good preachers. <laughs> Felt really safe. My brother Glenn Copeland was running the service. And I got up there to help with a special scene because I do love the singing. And he walked back there and put the Bible in my hand. I said, oh my. <laughs> and, but I fell back onto something I had been reading for Easter. And I got out and I talked about that one thing. And I told him that when I worked for a chiropractor, he always said that if you can imagine something, you can do it. So I was reading about the tomb and Jesus and how the grave clothes were all left there. And I sat on my couch and I imagined my tomb. And I imagined the grave clothes all falling off and hitting the ground and walking out of that tomb and I never had to go back and pick them up again. I was free. And after that service, I met a lady there, a pretty prominent lady there, and she came to me and she said, I've heard a lot of things, but I've never heard anybody describe it like that. And then she said, but you know nobody can live like that. And I want to tell y'all this morning, don't ever let anybody put you in a box and tell you you can't. When I was 14, I looked up and saw eagles fly. I'm going to give credit to our old folks. They set the bar high, did they not? I wanted to read one verse in 1 John, the 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When I met our folks, 
That's what they explained to me. Because you see, I was a chicken. All the people I went to school with, my family, everybody, scratching around in the dirt of sand. They were. And I remember, as I saw them living out their lives, wondering, and I'm concerned, I'm wondering if there's somebody out there who wonders the same thing. I was 14 years old, and I was wondering, is this all it is? Is this what life's going to be like? And then... I was introduced to the Word of God. Amen. They sent me to the Word, and they said, there's a way out of sin. And I want to turn over and read just one little verse in Proverbs to you. The 28th chapter and the 13th verse. There's no use in denying when you're in sin that you're a sinner. Like the brother said, if you you want to change things, you want to get out, you might as well just admit it and go get the cure for it. But 28 and 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Now, I was led alone by the hand because I didn't know anything about the Bible, didn't know anything about the scriptures. We've got kids a lot younger than I was then that can quote and quote to you now because they learn it. From the cradle up, you know, they are taught. But our folks told me, and I'll watch real close at our altar services here. We have people come in and they come to the altar that have never been here. And they've been taught, save that conversion. And so they come down to our altar and they pray and they think they're through. True? But then I hear our folks so gently say, and this is what they told me, you cannot live forever in a converted or forgiven state. Okay, I want to read a couple of verses in Second Peter, the second chapter. Verses... 20 through 22. And it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Now listen to this. But it has happened. And this is what they told me. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. 
the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed in her wallowing in the mire. Reminds me of Uncle Ray. Told us about the pig that you cleaned all up, perfumed and put a bow around his neck and turned him loose. Goes right back to the mire because that's his nature. That's what they told me. You can't live in a converted state. You don't have the power to overcome the enemy. And before you know it, you'll be right back in sin. My dad, who understood forgiveness and was forgiven once when he was a young man in a church somewhere around Tacoa, Georgia. And he said... You know, we, we talked, we sent him all kind of writings from different people in the church. Couldn't understand sanctification. Just didn't. And one day, at my granddaddy's birthday dinner, some of these old friends came. And they talked about how they went to the altar together that day in that church. And then they all looked at each other and they said, what happened to us? Yeah. My daddy said... In that moment, I understood sanctification. What you were trying to tell me. Because I just fell by the wayside and all of my friends with me. And the dog returns to his vomit. The old sow will go back to her mire. If you don't go back and get the Lord in your heart. Don't give my sermon away. (laughs) I want to read to you St. John, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 3. After these things, Jesus shewed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise shewed he himself. They were together, Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Now this, this is after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, and he showed himself several times to his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Go try living in that converted state. You'll be back fishing for nothing again. You'll be back where you started. It is important to repent. As someone has already said, it is important to get your sins forgiven. A load is lifted and you feel so good when it's gone. But don't let the enemy tell you, this is it. It's not. And first thing you know, 
you'll return to your old life and what you knew before, because that's all you know. And you don't have the power within you to resist temptation. Now let me read you this. Acts, first chapter, 1 through 8. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled, Jesus took care of those disciples, same as we want to take care of the people who come to these altars. We need to tell them the same thing. Okay. Let's see. And to whom? Okay, let's see. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, the baptism of repentance, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now, you want to stop at forgiveness or you want power? (coughs) Okay. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Y'all remember old Peter? By the way, while I'm here, the second chapter of Acts, these disciples said he told to tarry in Jerusalem until they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they'd receive power. It happened. They're in the second chapter of Acts. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I love that. (laughs) And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Oh, wouldn't you love to have the Spirit come in like a rushing wind and fill this whole building where we're all standing and sitting. I can't imagine. I've seen it. Seen it happen here. 
And I'm going to skip down. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm leaving it that there. And then we look a little bit farther into that chapter. Y'all remember Peter when he came and took Jesus? And Jesus had told him before the clock closed three times, you're going to deny me. Oh, no. Oh, no, not me. No, I'm not going to deny you, Lord. But he did. He didn't have the power. He got it there in the upper room, in that second chapter of Acts. He got the power after he got the Holy Ghost. And you get down to the 14th verse, and it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, Be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. And the man started in, and he preached a sermon like you've never heard. He went back in history, and he brought them up today. And let me tell y'all something. I've seen the eagles fly. People tried to tell me, even people in our family told my dad and mom, they're going through a phase. That was me and Lillian, my sister. They're just going through a phase. They'll grow out of this. I was 14. I'm 78, y'all. Haven't, I've grown, but I haven't grown out of this. I have seen the eagles fly. And I thank God, people all over the land telling me and you, you cannot live without sin. And I'm telling you, I know you can. I have the proof. I'm here today. And you don't have to have, no doubt my my dear friend, the song says, you've heard people say, I'm sick of this up and down life. I wish I could find a more excellent way where cometh no Indian strife. What I'm sanctified holy. I don't know what makes the difference, but God put something in my heart. It was lasting, y'all. I didn't have to keep going back. You can stand if you want to. If that's where your heart is, you can make it all the way safely to a home in heaven. And I'm going to tell y'all, one of these days I'm going to fly away. I'm going to take off from here, and I feel like I'm flying now. Y'all, y'all just don't know how I feel in my heart. I feel like God has blessed me more than anybody. But there's nothing special about me. All that I am have ever been and will ever be this good. I give God the credit for it all. Otherwise, I'd be nothing and less than nothing. But if you have at any time in your life got to the edge of the cliff and said, is this all there is? Is this all I can expect out of life? I'm telling you, you have 
the word of God here this morning that says you can live without sin. You can have the Holy Spirit and the power to live holy all the rest of your life forever. If you desire something that works, the keeping power, as someone sings a song of invitation, will everybody rise and we'll all come up for prayer? Yes.